0: YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part they're veteran owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media where I'll include their links in the show notes. Y'all, I made a salad the other day that will blow the back of your drawers out. All right, listen, this salad is absolutely amazing. And this is a huge accomplishment for me because I'm not a salad guy. And that's what I want to talk about this episode. I want to talk about the growth process of being a human being and the growth process in every aspect of our lives. Welcome back to episode 35, everybody. I'm super excited to be here talking about the growth process. And I want to tell you all about this salad. I'm telling you, this salad was amazing. Check it out. When I grew up, when I was a boy, my father would not eat anything green. And I think we take so much from our parents and we learn so much from our parents that whatever we see them do, kind of like monkey see, monkey do. I think this is why I don't like salads to this day. And I feel like I've cheated myself my entire life. Listen to this. So when I grew up, my dad refused to eat anything green. You put you put lettuce on a damn hamburger. Hell no, he'd throw the whole hamburger away. Ted, I don't want that shit. Let's let's redo it. Um, he would eat tomatoes and stuff like that, but nothing, but never anything green. So I grew up obviously hating greens and then hating salads in general. So I was a little meat and potatoes caveman my entire life. Like if it didn't have meat and rice or meat and potatoes, I didn't want it. And I would look at a salad like, man, who eats that shit? But, oh my gosh. I put this salad in my mouth the other day. Hey, let me give you the backstory. I was working at the farm, and there's not a lot of healthy choices around the farm. I still try to eat kind of decent, but um, I fuck up from time to time, I'll be honest. And as I get older, I, I just don't care about the gym the way I used to. But I still try to eat okay. Well... I went to a gas station, and I was sitting there. I was like, man, these goddamn chili. Wait, what was it? Jalapeno stuffed cheddar cheese dogs on on the hot dog roller. I was standing there staring at it like I was at a peep show overseas. I mean, my mouth was open. I was like, damn, that cheddar cheese dog filled with jalapeno juice looks delicious. And I was like, I should get two of these motherfuckers right now and then i should slide over to the pizza bar because they had pizza too and pizza is my greatest weakness in the world i can't i can never say no to pizza brownies or or chocolate chip cookies those are my three things and i was about to say something inappropriate but y'all know me i got to keep the christian undertone going so i i'm just not gonna say that so anyway as i'm sitting there looking at that stuff i gaze over and i see a salad bar and I was like, "What in the gross fuck? Like, who goes and buys these?" It was a prepackaged salads, right? It wasn't a salad bar; it's prepackaged salad. But my curiosity got me, and I was like, "Who eats this shit?" And I went over and looked at it. One of them didn't seem that bad. It was a Cobb salad, had bacon and um, like deviled eggs in it. But I was like, "I don't want that." And then I saw that Southwest salad, and I said, "Damn, this is everything a boy could want, right?" I felt like I was sitting at Chili's at I felt like it was in Chili's, but I was in a in a dirty ass gas station. But still, it had chicken, it had tortilla strips, it had corn, it had beans, all caveman kind of stuff, right? It had guacamole, but it was packaged separately because I don't like guacamole. I was like, I can throw that shit in the trash. Um, and cheddar cheese, and that was it. And that had red peppers in there. That was it. And I said, you know what? For today, fuck them jalapeno cheddar cheese dogs. I'm getting this salad, this Southwest salad. So I got it. And I went all the way back to the farm, reached in the fridge, and I grabbed me a, a thing of um, Greek vinaigrette dressing. Because when I grill pitas, I make I put Greek vinaigrette uh, dressing on my pitas that I make. And these pitas will blow the back of your drawers out, too. If I ever meet up with y'all and y'all want some, some good pitas, boy, I, look, I can make you feel like you're sitting in Rhodes Grease right now. These pitas will fuck shit. Get Damn it, stop it. Like, this... We have a saying down south when something's good, it's it's like, damn, that that's so good to make you want to slap your mama. That's what this is, except this was a salad, and, and then I'm talking about Greek pitas. So I don't think that would work well in southern Greece. My country ass Slap my mama in Greece. They would be like, the fuck the fuck you doing? Anyway, I'm getting off track. Listen, so I, I, I taste this salad. I put it all together. I put my vinaigrette on it, and I'm going to tell you all right now. It was the best thing I'd ever, I have ever tasted. I'm, I'm dead serious when I tell y'all it was that delicious. I've had so many different foods from around the world. This salad from a gas station hit all my taste buds. It hit me right in the feels. And I wrote down everything that was in it. And I said, I'm making this bitch when I go home. Because that's how I learned how to do my pitas. I bought a pita one time. And nobody can do what you can do. Nobody can do it. You can always do better than what other people do, right? When you go pay for something, you go buy something, chances are they're skimping, right? They're saving money somewhere, and they're not giving you the absolute best that you can get. And I knew that, and I said, I'm going to copy this damn, I'm going to copy this recipe. So I came home, I grilled my own chicken with my own spices. I put it on my own, fresh, This ain't three days old, sitting in a a goddamn container, fresh um, lettuce, fresh fire roasted corn, fresh black beans, fresh roasted red peppers, baby, fresh shredded cheese. I put all of that on there, squeezed a big fat ass lime all over this thing. And people, it was heaven in my mouth all over again. Why are we talking about this, Travis? Because I'm gonna tell you right now, that's an essential part of the growth process. I learned something about myself at 43. I learned that I have held myself back my entire life by seeing what I wanted to see in something that was not true. It it was completely false. I hated a salad because my father hated greens. That was it. And I look back and I think about how many wonderful meals I have missed out on, how many best meals, how many best tasting things I could have put in my mouth. Keep your comments to yourself. You nasty motherfuckers. I'm talking about food. All right. But that was an essential part of the growth process. And that's one of the things I enjoy about getting older. I enjoy growing. Now, growing, getting older sucks because everything hurts. Um, but the experiences, you open up your mind, you broaden your horizons a little bit. And I just look back and I think about where else have I fallen short or where else have I um, cheated myself out of actually growing? I mean, if I just did that with food, think about all the other realms and possibilities in life that I've cheated myself on. And we cheat ourselves on because we are so hell bent on doing things the way that we've always done it. Right. Think about it from a, um, a personal standpoint. You know, a lot of times people you'll see in the news where somebody, some, somebody said something 10 years ago, they'll get in trouble for that shit. But they've grown as a person since then. Like, I don't, I don't really, really take that too seriously. I see these actors who get in trouble for shit. And like when Kevin Hart got in trouble for saying, saying something, it's like, yeah, man, he made some jokes. But he's grown since then. The dude doesn't still feel that way. And I think growth is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Thinking about in our, um, in our professional lives, right? In our professional lives alone, if we don't grow, if we always keep the same train of thought, my way or the fucking highway. How is that good for anything? You look at leaders that are in, um, I talk about leadership a lot when I teach these courses. Look at these leaders that are in position for 20, 26 years, 30 years in a leadership position. And they never change the way that they think. What it does is it holds others back around you because the world's constantly evolving around us and everything is changing. And if you don't change with the times, you die with the times. I think what I meant to say is if you don't change with the times, you die with the past or however that goes. Look, you know, all y'all know me. I don't edit. But what I'm saying is change is a good thing and growth is a really good thing. And if you're in a leadership position, be willing to adapt to your environment. And as newer folks are coming up underneath you, listen to the input that they have. It doesn't have to be my way or the highway all the time. Um, I'm I'm doing this with my kids. I'm trying to get better at like listening to them and understanding them and seeing their point of view. Now, obviously when it comes to like breaking rules around the house and shit, like that ain't good time for that. Y'all can catch an ass whipping if you mess around, but they're getting to the point where they're starting to try to make decisions and I hear them out. And I think that's a, I think that's a really good, um, a good tool or a good, a good, um, method is because the old me would, I was, I was so fixated on my ways. I would shut everything down around me and now I'm more open to allowing input from other people. And I like that. I like being able to grow and watch myself grow as a human being. I think one of the, um, one of the coolest parts about my personal growth has, has come in the form of being handy. Now in my book, I write about my father and my uncle being really handy. And I grew up around that and I watched them make miracles out of all kinds of things. You know, uh, And they saved our family on so many different occasions from getting ripped off because they were just able to make things happen. And I was able to take some of that and, uh, over the years learn. And when you read in my book about how, when I got into, when I was flipping houses and, you know, full time, I taught myself so much in a short amount of time, just being hands on that I didn't, I, you know, I didn't have a choice. And people ask, they're like, Travis, how did you learn how to do that? How do you know how to build fences? How do you know how to frame a shed? How do you know how to do run electricity? How do you know how to do plumbing? And I'm like, I I, I just fucking did it. I had to do it. And most people, they lack that confidence. And I think that's where, uh as, as human beings, we rely on professionals so much. We rely on other people who have went to school for this stuff. You know that Most of the stuff when you hire somebody to come over to your house is usually so trivial. It's, it's ridiculous at the stuff people pay for. I watch, I watch them do this and professionals will scare you into thinking that you need their help because you're going to, something's going to, dude, I have done so much crazy shit in a house when it comes to rebuilding them and yet have had one collapse on top of me, right? There's these things are built very well. You can go knock out half a fucking wall and the thing's still going to stand up but people are so afraid to even dig a hammer in a wall and pull some sheetrock back to expose the wall and look at what they need to do. They, I don't know I'm getting off track here, but just do something. Get started. Do a little project, a small project, and build confidence, and that's where all of this comes from, and that's how you grow. Um, I, I hear people say, I wish I knew how to do all the things you did when it comes to building houses or um, doing work around that. It's like, fuck, you know just as much as I knew. I didn't know when I got started. Was it costly? Yeah, probably. But now I don't I don't call a single person to ever do anything, with the exception of HVAC work. I ain't fucking with that. You can have that. But we can roof a house, I can put windows in, we put siding on, put sheetrock in, run electrical, run plumbing, do all of that stuff. And and you know, when I was a I guess when I was a young man I didn't know, but over the years, one project has given me enough confidence to get to the next project. And it was just a building block and it was a pattern. It's, you get, you gain a little more confidence as you, as you grow. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. Um, right now at the farm, I'm putting up, I don't know, um, 1200 feet of fencing, something like that, 1300 feet. And I'm, I'm doing all wood posts and my friend, Randy, we we're on the phone one day and he goes, Travis, I got to ask you a question why do you do that? Why do you work so hard? Why do you, um, why do you put yourself through that physically? Because he, he understands because we talk on the phone all the time and it beats my body up. And he asked me before I could even answer him, he goes, does it give you some kind of pride to be able to step back and be like, yeah, I did that. And I told him, I said, in a sense, you are, yeah, you are proud of the work that you do when you can go out and bust your ass and make something very beautiful that most people wouldn't have the courage to even fucking do because it's hard, yeah, it makes me feel proud, but that's not why I do it. The honest answer is I do it to keep busy and I do it to keep my mind preoccupied i the The difficult level the level of difficulty I should say with anything in life has never scared me i've I've never been like that, I've always accepted challenges. Um, I know I'm not going to go out and build a fucking airplane tomorrow, you know, within reason, I'm not going to go out and build a fucking skyscraper next week. Like I say, within reason, but I see a fence that's running down this 1300 foot driveway. And if I want to build it, I'm going to do it with these two hands of mine because I'm confident in myself and I don't care how labor intensive it is. I'm going to do it. I'll find a way to make it, make it happen. Because one, if I say, the second I start bowing down and the second I start giving in to doubt, I'll do it the next time. It's so doubt works the same way. Confidence works when you you complete a project or anything in your life and um, you try something that's hard. And when you see that you can do it, it gives you more confidence for the next one. Well, when you start let doubt doubt creep in, if I did this this time, if I let a little bit of doubt creep in, what am I going to do next time? And before you know it, all these years I spent building my confidence and getting better at things, if I start letting doubt creep in, doubt's going to override that confidence. See, so we can I always tell people this when you're trying to live in the moment and you're trying to live to your fullest extent, we can talk ourselves out of anything we want. There there are more than a million excuses for reasons you shouldn't do something. But I always look for the one reason that I should. You're always going to have more reasons why you shouldn't do something than the one reason you should. And when I look at look at the one reason I should, I usually just go with that. I don't, I don't, I don't overly complicate things and I don't, I try not to overthink things because of that for that very instance. You know, it's, you start overthinking, you're going to talk yourself out of anything, but I like keeping my mind busy for the most part. And I think a lot of people that go through what, what I go through and what we a lot of you go through with, you know, your post-traumatic stress or your depression or your anxiety or whatnot, When you're doing something that you're in control of and you can focus 130% of your energy into that, it takes your mind off of all the other stuff. See, when I'm on my farm working, it's hot, it's hard, it's difficult, it's back-breaking, it's dirty as fuck. When I get in that shower at night, it looks like somebody's pouring coffee over me. That's That's how much dirt is just pouring off of my body. But I love it. And we'll do it for 12 hours a day out there because it keeps me from thinking about a lot of the things in the past. That's not that I'm running from it because I'm very aware of it, but it keeps my mind preoccupied. That busy work is exactly, um, what that is. It's just busy work and I stay busy because if I don't, my mind will start slipping me and my mind will start thinking about this call, that call that I went on. Um, you know, today I went, like I said, on an episode in the past, I went into a grocery store yesterday. It's not today, yesterday. And the second I walk in, what do I see? I see, I see the ceiling and I see the steel trusses that I tell you all about, which is why I don't like going into grocery stores because they have those exposed beams, the same beams that fell and trapped my buddies and they burned to death. And I see that and I start reliving that moment. But when I'm out in that field working, I don't have to see that shit. I don't have to be around it. I'm not around people with their cell phones, right? I don't like cell phones ringing because when I hear cell phones ring, it takes me back. I write about this in my book. It takes me back to the day, the day after the fire that killed our guys, where all their phones were in our bunk room. They were all three of their phones were in the back and they were just ringing off the hook because people were calling, trying to find out which nine Charleston firefighters were killed. Cause it was all over the news, but nobody knew who those of us on the scene knew. But when I hear cell phones ring, It doesn't matter what ringtone it is. It doesn't matter who it is. If I hear a cell phone ring and you don't silence it every single time, 14 years later, I go back to that day every single time. But when I'm out there, I don't deal with that because my phone's on silent every all the fucking time. If I miss your call, chances are it's because I didn't, obviously I didn't hear the phone ring because the fucking ringers off. I have to see you calling if you call me. That's why I turn that's big that's that's the biggest reason I turn my fucking ringer off right there and it's um for years I tried to play with uh, when download when like ringer tones were cool. I would try to find a cool ringtone or something like that but no matter what I did I would I would like put the coolest music or with the latest music on but no matter what I did, I knew that phone was ringing and it did that to me. So it, it fucked me up a little bit. And it's, I know it sounds stupid, but these are triggers. These are triggers that you cannot control these, but these are triggers. Guess what? That I'm aware of. So I reduce, I reduce the risk of those. Um, that's why I do it. And to answer my friend, Randy's question, I get out there because those are just a couple of uh, triggers that I talked about, but that place allows me to escape essentially all of them. And uh, I get to be free in my mind, and, it, and it's a refreshing feeling. And that's why I always encourage people: when you're surrounded by constant triggers, you got to get away from them. You got to find a place that allows you to heal, and you got to find a place that allows you to grow as a human being. Because truth be told, if we're going through mental issues, we need to grow. That's the, the what other choice is there? There's either grow or stay stagnant and stagnant's fucking you up. Stagnant is what holds you back. So there really is only one path forward and that's 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 to grow and that's to get away from what you're experiencing. And I'm not saying run away from it, but learn from it. Learn from the past and grow from that. It pains me to think about, you you know, we still, Vietnam was so long ago, and we still hear about crazy Vietnam veterans, and it hurts me and pains me to know that some of these guys were fucked up over 50 years ago, and they're still the same today. Now, I'm not saying they don't have, you can't have problems, you still can't have triggers, because I don't have the answer to that. I don't know that that ever goes away, but what hurts me to think about Is someone that was exposed to whatever they may have been exposed to and the the reason that they are, but they never grew from that experience, right? I think that if you can grow from it, things can get better. And I'm not saying things are going to like get, um, to the point where you're just going to be so blissful all the time. But I know with me speaking from personal experience, it was almost like I fell in, it wasn't almost, I did, I fell into that victimhood. I'm like, why me? Why did this shit happen to me? Why not this? Why didn't I die? And I was a miserable, grumpy person. And I took it out on everybody around me for many years. And one day I snapped out of that and I decided, Hey, I'm done being stagnant. It's time to move forward. It's time to grow. It's time to not put this behind me, but it's time to learn from this. And then that's when I got curious And then I started thinking, you know what, this did happen to me. Fuck asking why. I'm never going to know why. And if I knew the answer, why I probably wouldn't like it anyway. So I quit asking myself why. And then I started asking myself, what, what are you going to do now? How are you going to push forward? How are you going to be stronger than you've ever been because of what's happened to you? And that was, that's all it took. And ever since then, I've been, I've been fighting tooth and nail to try to figure out how to continuously grow from this thing. Never going to be perfect. I'm never going to be the old me. And I understand that, but as long as I'm moving forward in a positive direction, shit, what more could you ask for? You know, it's not a, those days of sitting on the edge of the bed, crying, dry firing a, um, a gun in your mouth with hollow point rounds, picturing your brains on the wall and all that. Those days are hopefully, hopefully behind me. And if you're in those days, if you're still in those days, I'm telling you right now, there are good days coming. You just got to fight the fuck out of all that that you're experiencing. And you got to get to those good days. It's it's a step at a time. One step at a time. I love that saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? How many of y'all have eaten elephants, by the way? Because I've, I've never tried elephant myself. Um... Don't get me started on the big game hunters because this is where I could go way overboard And big game hunters that go over there and hunt giraffes and elephants and shit that don't need to be hunted and they take those pictures. with. The, you know what? I'm not even going to get started because i get on a tangent. Here's one other thing that I'm going to explain. I don't do politics. I, 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 I never get wrapped up in politics because it doesn't matter what you say. Nobody's going to be happy. There's always going to be somebody that one, these days people don't even disagree anymore. People just fucking hate and people try to destroy. That's that's what they do. If you disagree and you have a different um, outlook on something than most people, they just want to destroy you. And that's kind of sad. As, as a human being, we should be able to have a difference of opinions and, and still be able to get along. But it seems like those days are gone. So I keep my mouth shut. I keep my opinions to myself when it comes to politics. You know, people keep asking me, they're like, what do you think about Afghanistan? What do you think about this and that? I'm like, look, I have my thoughts on it. I have my personal thoughts on it, but me telling you or telling anybody my personal opinion about anything, what good is that going to do with, with current events? See, here's one thing I'll tell you about Travis house. I don't watch the fucking news anymore. I quit a long time ago because I used to, I used to be glued to the news channel. And I you want to talk about growth as a human being. Let's talk about growth as a fucking human being. When you're glued to a news source, I don't care what, what, news source you watch. Your opinion is being sculpted of the world. And I don't care if you think you you say differently, you could say, no, no, it's not. I'm telling you that's to me, this is exactly what's going on. Whatever media you follow, you're being brainwashed and you're going to believe what they tell you. And you're going to think the world is what it is when you walk out of your house. So see what I was doing every day. I would wake up and you're talking to a guy who's already fucked up and doesn't need any help um, thinking bad things. I would walk out thinking the world is about to implode and everybody's out to get me and everybody, uh, before you know it, there's going to be fucking chaos and mayhem and we got to load up all these weapons and ammunition. That's what it made me think the world was coming to. But in all honesty, the world's not like that. I don't, when I walk out of my door, ever since all of this crazy shit, you trace it back as far as you want. I don't care. But Every time I walk out the door, people are just nice. People are still pleasant. Yeah, you have your assholes out there, but nobody's out to get anybody. And that's what the news made me feel like. So one day I said, you know what? Here, I'm going to grow. If I'm going to grow as a human being, I need to cut toxicity out of my life. And I found another thing that was toxic, the fucking news. I don't even like seeing it on on Facebook. I scroll right past that shit. So there, there's my there's my two cents on on the news and why I don't offer my opinion because I've been asked multiple times like why don't you get involved on current events and you know you're you have a platform and yeah but you know what just because I have a platform doesn't mean I got to use it for that I get that's the cool thing about my platform guess what I get to choose what my fucking platform is and not anybody else so nanny nanny boo-boo I got some um I'm going to pull this up real quick. I got a couple suggestions on one is conquering fear. And I think, uh, I think I kind of, kind of hit on that a little earlier. Here's the thing with conquering fear. This is what I've, this is what I've learned in, in caveman terms. What do you have to be afraid of? Right? Most of the times Tom Petty said it best, man. He said half of the things I worried about never happened anyway. And I, I love when anytime I start to get a little bit of doubt, or I start getting overwhelmed with something. I, I like to sit there and think about that. I, I, I'm just like, you know what? What's the sense in worrying about this? Because it probably ain't going to happen anyway. Well, when it comes to conquering fear, um, there can be different reasons, right? It can be financial. It could be a physical fear. It could be all these different things. But I look at what, when I get uh, in those positions, I think about what if I don't, I never say, what if I do, I'm just, I'm just not that, that kind of person. I don't sit back and say, what if I don't, if there's something that interests me, um, I, I I like to think, what if I, let me back up instead of saying, what if I do? I always think, what if I don't, what happens if I don't do this? You know what? I don't get an experience. I'm not afraid to fail and I think that's that's been my one of my I don't know if it's a positive uh, attribute or not, but I've never been afraid to fail. And I think you could say, "Well, goddamn, cuz you've been a failure your whole life." <laughs> all right? So I just I'm just immune to failing. But no, all seriously, all seriousness, I I've never been afraid to fail because I've always been the kind of person where it's like, "You know what? I'm going to learn" something, even if it doesn't work out, do, does that mean I get excited if something doesn't work out? No, I get pissed off just like anybody else. Cause I'm a human being. I have feelings, but something doesn't work out in my favor. Nine times out of 10, I learn from it. And that's how you have to look at that. So if you can go into a situation with the mindset of, Hey, look, this may not work out the way that I want it, but I'm going to learn something. And I may not have the answer to that right now. But my future self will quite possibly thank me for it. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, so, I'm actually more afraid of not doing things than I am of doing things. Does that make sense? Because my biggest fear is saying what if. I never, ever, ever want to be that person that looks back on life and says what if. Just what if I would have done this? What if I would have done that? That's why everything that I want to do, I've done it. There's not one fucking thing out there that I've wanted to do that I have not done. And I promise you, if there is something that I come up with that I want to do, I do it. And my family will tell you the exact same thing. I'm not just blowing smoke out of my ass here. I'm dead. I am dead fucking serious. If there's something that Travis Howes wants to do, he's going to do it. And I think that's because that fear of what if drives me. Do you know how many people probably hold themselves back in this life for absolutely no reason? No reason other than they got, they got scared because something may not happen the way that they want it to, because they don't have all of the answers laid out in front of them. And honestly, that's just, um, that's a weak way out. If you ask me, if you need all the answers laid out in front of you, then that's just taking the easy way out. Fucking create the answers yourself. We have have the ability to do that. You can walk into any situation. You may not know. You may not be the best educated person in the world for that situation, right? But if you are confident, confidence goes a long fucking ways. I can tell you right now. But if you're confident in yourself, you can make things happen for yourself sorry, if I got a little confused, if I got a little confused in there, man, I was getting text messages and calls from his number. These people have been hounding me from these different numbers about buying my house. And so the other day I had a guy on the phone. (laughs) I won't even go into it, but I'm like, yeah, fucker, you're going to waste my time. I'm going to waste yours. So anyway, be, just be more confident. And I think the way to build confidence is That's how you conquer fears through confidence, right? The way to get more confident is to do more uncomfortable shit. That's why I have confidence building courses. It's things that usually you've never done in your life. And now you have to go out there and understand that you can do it because the human mind is an amazing, powerful, powerful thing. If every situation you go into, you're afraid that you're not going to be able to do it, then you're never going to build your confidence. You got to understand that, hey, look, I'm going into this situation and no matter what, I'm going to give it my best and I'm going to learn something and I'm going to apply that in the future. And maybe I go into another situation a little bit more prepared because of what I I was willing to put myself through beforehand. person that was requesting that was also requesting a few more things. One that, uh, he's requesting that I, I talk about forgiving yourself and others, or this was a young lady, excuse me. She was saying, talk, maybe you should talk about, or maybe you could talk about forgiving yourself and others. Look, I do know this. I do know that that is not an easy thing. I have done it. I have, uh, I've had tremendous survivor's guilt. And then I've realized later in life, look, I have nothing to feel guilty for. And I had to forgive myself for being alive, right? I had to essentially look myself in the mirror and say, you know what, Travis, you're here for a reason. You may not know that reason, but you're here despite all the fucked up shit you've been a part of and and seen. And while you're here, why not be the best version of yourself possible? Why not do things To help other people instead of living this non-gratifying life, and then and, and and living a, a a pitiful, remorseful life where you just lay around feeling sorry for yourself all goddamn day, drinking, drinking your problems away because you experience some bad things. Guess what? Everybody in life experiences bad things, but everybody in the world is not walking around with their ass on their shoulders, with the pouty lips, playing poor, poor, pitiful me. You got slapped in the face a bunch of times, but what are you going to do about it? So that's when I forgave myself. And the only way I could do that was I start. I had to start forgiving other people and I had to start making the difficult phone calls, which I've talked about in other episodes. I'm not going to get long winded on, but I had to make difficult phone calls to people that wronged me and forgive them. I literally had to do that because I knew all I was going to do was harness all of that negative energy and carry it with me. And I wanted to absolutely just drop all of it. I wanted to stop carrying around all of the negative energy. So I forgave them. I forgave myself and I pressed on and things started to change in life for me. Things started to get much better because if you're mad at yourself all the time, dude, if there's one person in this world that we should love, it's ourselves because we're the only one that we have, right? And we have the ability to do so many different things. Now, you can't make other people love you, granted, right? There's not there's people out there that don't like me. Do I waste a lot of time worrying about it? I don't waste a fucking an ounce of time. I don't care. Because I know there are people that do love me, and that's who I focus my energy towards. People that want to be involved with you. Give them yourself. She went on to ask, say, can you hit on recognizing using your gifts? So here's what I realized. Um, all that time that I was doing comedy, I was, I was always told, man, you got a gift, you got a gift, you got a gift. And I, I was like, well, I got to unwrap this motherfucker. Cause I ain't seen it, <laughs> you know? Um, but I did realize that I had an ability to go on stage and make people laugh and feel good for a little bit of time. And that's, you know, for a long time when I was touring with comedy, that was a very special thing where you could bring a bunch of strangers into a room and for an hour they can just let go of whatever troubles they were going through and could actually laugh. And many of them were probably in there laughing for the first time in years. You ever you ever see someone that um used to be a lot of fun and you used to see them smiling all the time and laughing all the time and having a good time and that shit just went away? That's because something changed. Something changed inside of them and granted situations are different. That was me for the longest time. It's, you know, still is, it's still hard to make Travis laugh. It's for me to get a really, really good hardcore laugh. It's, it's, it's kind of hard unless, unless I'm around the people that I want to be around. And I'm in the company that I can let my guard down with, and I can be vulnerable with and just live in the moment case in point, my father, that fucker makes me laugh more than anybody, right? We have a great time, but this is usually with spouses that are affected with post-traumatic stress or, you know, um, loved ones that, that we've affected from our bullshit used to get along really well. And now all of a sudden nobody's laughing anymore and everybody's just serious. That's because something changed. And if you don't, Take steps necessary to overcome that. It's never going to be better. It's always going to be the same bullshit, and you're just going to be living like Bon Jovi. You're going to be living on a fucking prayer, and that's 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 the truth. Check out this this nickname we gave to a friend of ours. I've never publicly said this because I know somebody's going to steal it and patent it, but I know we came up with it. I I feel like we did. We had a friend that smoked a lot of weed, and uh, we we named him Bong Jovi. How cool is that? back to recognizing your gifts. Listen, so here's what, here's what happened. I never thought in a million years that I was going to be talking openly about mental wellness. I never thought in a million years I'd be teaching a course on leadership and resiliency and mental wellness. I never thought that, but I recognized something in myself. I recognized once I did it, I was on stage talking to 200 fire service chaplains. I talk about this in my book. And the first time that I ever talked to them, I started breaking down, crying, crying so hard that boogers were stuck in my fucking beard, right? It was not my best moment, but I saw how impactful that was. And I had never in thousands and thousands of shows all over around the world doing comedy. I have never had an impact on a crowd like I did that day. And I realized it wasn't because I was fucking booger crying, right? It was because of the message. It was because of what I had to say. It was because I was being so real And so raw in a moment that was so intimate, you couldn't fucking deny it. And I realized that and I thought, wait a minute. This is what I need to be doing. I need to talk to more people because there's not enough people out there who are hearing this shit. But the problem was, it was still premature for me. I wasn't ready. I was still going through the growth process. I was still... Hurting very, very badly inside. And I just wasn't ready at the time. So I had to wait a few more years until I was. But I recognized. I don't know if that was a gift that I had. Because I don't call it that. Because this this is something that I'd gladly return. So I could have, have people back in my life. But I recognized the need. In our communities in the, in the military emergency service communities. And I, and I recognized that I went through something so devastating and I was able to um, come out on the other side from that. And yeah, granted I still have issues, but they're nothing like they used to be. And I realized that if somebody, if somebody was doing what I'm doing now, if somebody was doing that back then I could have saved myself a lot of hurt and I could have saved a lot of other people a lot of hurt. I'll be honest with you. If my if my daughter ever ever married a man like me, I'd kill him. Like I I, I there's no there's no fucking way that I could I could look him in the eye and accept him. I just maybe me now. But the old me looking at all the bullshit that I brought to the table, maybe maybe kills a fucking harsh, a little harsh, right? But I wouldn't want anyone else's child to have to go through um, what I've put people through because of what I've been through. And the whole thing is it's education. That's all it is. We didn't have the education on it back then. We just had to deal with it. And that's that's why this is so important to me. This message is so important to me. It's because, look, we know better now we have all these resources available to us now. We didn't have that back then. And so all we were, we were just self-destructive idiots back then. And nobody, I'm not saying nobody wanted to help us, but nobody knew what to do. Nobody, we still don't have the answers, but nobody even knew where to begin back then. We actually know where to begin now. And it, and it begins with a conversation. So I recognize this and I recognize, Hey, look, Not only just having a conversation about this, but having the necessary conversation, having the no bullshit conversations. We don't need to sprinkle a bunch of dazzling things on top of this, and we don't need to church this shit up. We need to have the real conversations, which that's what I do now. And I'm able to go around the country, and I actually have to warn people when they call me, and they're like, look, we want to have this event. I'm like, look, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to come in there, and I'm going to be who I am. And you better be ready for that because I'm not changing a thing about how I speak and it's going to be some hard There are going to be some hard truth thrown around in there. But what I realize is that's, that's exactly what we need because I've seen it done the other way. I've seen it done the politically correct way. I've seen it done to the point where people are just not paying attention because we are aggressive people by nature right in this business in our business in our world we don't need you to come in and sugarcoat anything don't bake us some fucking cookies and come up in here and be all soft give it to us like it is tell it to us straight and that's why I'm so passionate about what I do now because it's you know we're talking about recognizing I don't like I say, I don't call it a gift but I recognize what, what I need to be doing and that's that's that growth process. That's I've grown from who I used to be. Um, and I'm going to continue to grow. And maybe one day I'm not doing this anymore. Maybe one day I'm not, you know, going around speaking because I've grown into a different, um, place in life. And I'm okay with that because I used to fight that because I used to think that I was in control, 100% control of where I needed to be in my future. And that's just not the case. The universe has so much more power than we do. Um, it's so much more powerful. I don't know how you say it. Fuck it. Um, than we are. And I'm just kind of rolling with it. And I appreciate y'all rolling alongside of me. I really do. Uh, I know I thank y'all every single time, but it it truly does mean the world. So hope you can find some uh, useful points in this episode. Uh, this was episode 35. We got more coming, baby. We got more coming. Um, as usual, Find me on Instagram. Tell your friends about the podcast if you like it. Each week we're getting um, significantly more downloads. And I think that's, well, I don't think I know because I don't pay for advertising. I just, you know, a lot of people on my Facebook were like, I didn't even know you had a podcast. It's like, because I don't fucking post it anymore because Facebook and Instagram doesn't tell you about it. I just share it in a story every once in a while. I'm like, hey, new episode, live, go get it. So it's up to you guys posting your pictures and sharing it with your audiences. You never know who it can help. You never know what's in these these messages. I mean, we were talking about blowing salad out the back of your drawers earlier. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know. That could help somebody one day that maybe has, has a digestive issue. You know, they could be like, shit, I've been stopped up for days, and I just need to go make this salad that Travis was talking about, and I can have my own salad shooter right here in my pants. And, yeah, so see, <laughs> there was a little piece of comedy for you. Y'all don't even know what you're missing at my live shows. Boy, we have a good time. God damn, we had some fun doing that stuff. All right, I might have some stories coming up for y'all in the next few episodes. I'll talk to y'all later. I love y'all. Bye.